Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Do you ever get tired of this song, Timothy Spell? Sure don't. Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is show. That song is talking about this is that, that spoken by the prophet Joel. Talking about the day of Pentecost, the outpouring, the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which was on the day of Pentecost, and it hasn't stopped since then. It's still happening today. It's Pentecost Sunday, and it's a good day. You can receive God's Spirit today. Good to have you listening tonight, Pastor Bob Simons, the New Life Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota. We broadcast live on KDIX Radio, and that's 12.30 a.m. on the radio dial. And we also broadcast live. We're being picked up tonight by KDIX's website, kdix.net, and also Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. And I know there are already people texting me. You, I have a number that you can text me to to get into the program tonight, 701 701- Two nine zero seven eight six two. The uh, good to have all the people that have texted me so far. Let me just look at this list here. We've got uh, let's see down in where am I at here? We've got Brother Griffith out in Great Falls listening. We've got Brother Rose in Kentucky listening. We've got let's see who else here? Brother Fuller listening tonight. We've got um, the Millers are listening in Gova. Carl and Jeannie listening tonight in Michigan, and we've got um, Becky listening here in Dickinson, and she encouraged me to preach it, Pastor. Dave is listening, maybe Lauren too, out in Fargo. Hard to believe we had protests, and even even some, um, I guess protests are okay, that's American, but even some destruction of property in Fargo, North Dakota because of this deal that's going on. I might talk a little bit about that. That's not my topic tonight, but it should be. We've got uh, Brother Jones listening tonight. He's the speaker at our upcoming men's retreat this weekend at our church camp. Brother Dale Jones will be the speaker at that. Brother Farron is listening tonight. We've got Sister Yvonne and Bowman listening tonight. And Sydney's listening. Hello, Sydney, down in Ashley or Wishick or wherever she's at. Good to have her listening tonight. Pastor Bob, like I say, pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. We have our next service Wednesday night at 7.30. We um, are seeing God do some great things, baptize someone today in the name of Jesus. Really an interesting story, a young man named Caleb, and just interesting how he, he was in Tacoma, Washington, and kind of at his wit's end, kind of living on the streets, and uh, went to a coffee shop late at night. And there was a group of Pentecostal young people there, and he made a connection with the church. He ended up in Dickinson, North Dakota, through a series of events, and now was baptized this morning in the name of Jesus. And what an exciting 
every time we baptize somebody in the name of Jesus. Exciting day. And so um had a great service. We've got a great church. We want you to come and try us. 501 Elks Drive. We bought the Elks building, the top portion of the Elks building, right on Interstate 94. Um, huge building. Uh, we can seat 500 people in there. We don't have it full yet, but we're working on it. And you'll you'll help it be full. Next Sunday would be a great time to try our church. We're going to feed everybody after church. Hot dogs, potato salad, beans, chips. And so um, that's next Sunday, This a week from today. We're going to have a, a dinner at the church, and we want you to come be part of that. Brother Roland from Kentucky just texted me. Good to have him listening. Just want to mention before I get into my topic that uh, our country is really reeling. Uh, we you know, went from this COVID-19 scare now to uh, this uh, tragedy of this man uh, apparently murdered by a police officer in Minneapolis. And, um, and now, of course, the riots all over the country protesting this, these things. But these riots are, have moved past lawful protest to um, just violence and looting and horrible things. Just hard, hard for me to kind of wrap my head around it. You know, how did, how did two wrongs make a right? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't think it's understandable. But um, it, it goes to show you what happens to a nation as we begin to move away from the foundation of God. All morality comes from the basis that there's a God. And when a country moves away from that, a civilization moves away from that, uh, you're going to see anarchy, you're going to see... Uh, you're going to have to, I mean, the, the uh, I feel bad for the actions that law enforcement is going to have to take if this continues. Uh, there are going to be people that, even innocent people, hurt through this thing. But it's all because, you know, if man would let God be his guide, uh, we wouldn't have this problem. And that's the truth. And that's why I'm in the business I'm in. Because I believe that I can affect our country more by doing what I'm doing and you doing what you're doing than we can in any other way. I believe we are, are as powerful as the President of the United States in changing our world. Somebody sent me, some friends of mine sent me a video clip of a man, for, um, uh, evangelist, United Pentecostal Church evangelist, who who um, went to Minneapolis and, and gathered a crowd around him here just the other day and was praying for them. And uh, what, man, it moved me to tears. What a brave person. He he flew up from Florida just to go out on the streets of Minneapolis and, and pray with people. And I'm thinking, wow, that is neat. In fact, uh, I'm just trying to find his name. I, I don't know why. It's, it's, I think his name is Jackson. Is that right? His last name is Jackson. I, I just, um, I, I shouldn't be looking on my phone. And and uh, here, here we go. Let's see. It is um, Victor Jackson, an evangelist. That uh, if you can look that up, he um, he went to the streets of Minneapolis and good strong voice gathered a crowd around him and prayed and uh, promoted the Acts two thirty eight message. I'm like, wow, that's that's so cool. The governor of St. Paul called everybody in St. Paul last night from eight o'clock to nine o'clock, called a prayer meeting. I'm thinking that sounds like a decent governor. But that's really where we've got to be. That's where we've got to go. Because um, we are living, I believe, in some interesting times. Certainly looks like the days right before Jesus' return. 
I preached about it in our church today that we need to be ready. We need to get ready, stay ready, be ready. And uh, this is not a time to play games with God. It's a time to get ready and stay ready. Jesus likened these days to the days of Noah. He said they just before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they didn't know until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And that's not my topic tonight, but I just feel like it's it's um, you know it's it's on my mind. If if you've paid any attention to any news at all, it should be on your mind. We've got some really tragic things going on. We have a third. They said in some poll, a third of Americans are battling depression and anxiety right now. Pastor Bob will tell you that is directly tied into godlessness. When we lose our hope in God, and we don't have the joy of the Holy Ghost, um, this world can be a sad place. If your happiness and your joy is based on exterior surroundings, um, you know, you, you it's going to be very hard for you to maintain your joy. But Jesus came to give us joy. He came to give us life, and that more abundantly. I want to talk about a kind of a little secret about that tonight. This is going to be an interesting radio show. I've, I've kind of given a uh, I've shortened it up in in, uh, in a way so that I can get through this, but but um, th- interesting show in the sense that if you are a religious person that listens to religious radio or television or something like that, you're going to hear something tonight that you probably do not hear on those venues. But I want to talk about the concept of having a pastor. The concept of having a pastor in your life and being accountable to a local church. That's my topic tonight. And if you live, I want to just say this, I'll say this throughout the program. If you live in Dickinson, North Dakota, I would love to be your pastor. If you live in our area, an area of Dickinson, North Dakota, I would love to be your pastor. Now, if you live somewhere else, uh, I'll try to point you to a good church where you can be part of a local church. I'm not the pastor of those that are listening to me on Holy Ghost Radio from other places. <clears throat> and I never intended to be, I don't want to be. But I really would want to be your pastor if you live here in this area. Now, number one, is the concept of a pastor, is that a biblical teaching? You know, as many people claim to believe the Bible, read their Bible, love their Bible, This topic is overlooked. This topic is completely uh, overlooked by many, many people because people in America, many people do not want a pastor in their lives. They want to be their own pastor. They want to listen to their own heart, which the Bible says is deceitful above all things, our heart. We can't listen to our own heart. You know, this... this, uh, This idea of having a pastor in our life is a New Testament teaching all over the New Testament. You that are Bible scholars out there, start texting me scriptures. You know, uh, there there are all kinds of scriptures, and tonight I'm going to zero in on the New Testament because uh, certainly that is the authority, the New Testament authority, but... For instance, Ephesians 4.11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors 
and teachers. And it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. All over the New Testament, this concept is found. Sometimes these pastors are called elders. Sometimes they're called bishops. But the concept is the same. Uh, Paul told Timothy. Paul told Titus. Paul did it himself. He appointed elders or pastors in every area that he started churches in before he left. And so, number one, I want to just establish this, and I'm not going to get to all the scriptures, and maybe, like I say, maybe people are uh, texting me scriptures tonight about this. There is a lot of New Testament scriptures about a real person to be your pastor. Uh, there, There are all kinds of New Testament scriptures that say that. And this this idea that that um, I can live for God without a pastor is not biblical. You know, I um when I'm when I'm dealing with the subject tonight, I want to tell you that the plan of salvation in our life, Acts two thirty eight, repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus, and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. These are these are the uh, beginning of our salvation. But to have a pastor, that is very, very important. It was very, very important in my life. So tonight, I want to tell you that to be right with God, that you need leadership in your life, being accountable to a local church, to a pastor. One of the reasons that we kept having church when everybody shut down, I I just feel like it's important that we come together. Now, we told people that were sick or elderly not to come, you know, certainly. And uh, and there were people that that um, that decided not to come and they listened to our services online. But we all need a local church. We all need a pastor to be accountable to. And so what is the main qualifications that a pastor should have? Because I'm not telling you that that if you're going to a church that doesn't preach the truth, that you should be accountable to that church. I want you to turn with me if you've got your Bibles, and if you don't, you'll just have to trust me that I'm reading it. Titus 1, chapter 5 through 9. Paul said, For this cause left I thee in Crete, he was talking to Titus, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I appointed, as I had appointed thee. So we see how scriptural this is. Uh, Titus, uh, in every city that there were believers, Titus, at the, at the direction of the Apostle Paul, was to appoint elders, pastors. And these are the qualifications. He said, if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as it has been taught, as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince 
the gainsayers. Now, these are gainsayers are people that are arguing against authority. That's who they are. Korah, in the Old Testament, the Bible said, was a gainsayer in the book of Jude. Notice here, first of all, for you friends of mine that are Catholic, it says a bishop here can only have one wife. (laughs) So that's interesting. And I've got one. That's the only one I've ever had. And uh, she's a treasure. You know, this... uh, but I want you to notice, I'm not going to deal with all those things that, that says a pastor should be, but the one thing it says is holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. Who taught him? The Apostle Paul taught these people. And the sound doctrine that this pastor is supposed to believe is the stuff that the Apostles taught. Number one, if you're going to have a pastor, Make sure that as a minimum, he preaches the New Testament plan of salvation. I mean, as a minimum. That New Testament plan of salvation is the born-again experience, born of water and of the Spirit that Jesus talked about in John 3, 3 through 5. Uh, Jesus talked about uh, it in the Great Commission. You know, he... um, he that believeth, in Mark 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. They'll cast out devils. They'll, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. They'll speak with new tongues. If you have a pastor, number one, he's got to believe this Acts 2.38 message, where Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is, uh, this is so important. There are people listening to me right now that go to churches and maybe have pastors that don't believe this. Why would you have a pastor that isn't following the apostolic teachings. And so this program, as important as it is to have a pastor, I want you to know it can't be just any pastor. It can't just be anybody, any charismatic, charisma-filled person that's maybe kind and loving and and has got good common sense. That's not enough to be your pastor. Your pastor has got to believe what the apostles believed. He needs to be a person that believes in one God, in the the um, the importance, the essentiality of repentance, immersion, baptism in Jesus' name, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit like they did on the day of Pentecost. This is a minimum to have a pastor. You know, this. There, there's no... Uh, there's no way around this. I'm spending the first segment of this program talking about this because I don't want you to think, well, I'll just keep going to the church I'm going to. If they're not preaching this truth, and like I say, there are people listening to me right now, right as I speak, I know there are, that do not attend churches that believe in this apostolic doctrine that, let me tell you this, even Catholic Church history says that the Catholic Church changed baptism from the name of Jesus to using the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Catholic history says 
they changed baptism from immersion of adults to sprinkling of infants. I'm not telling you that. You can look it up yourself. What I'm saying is no matter what, you know, no matter what, you've got to have this as your minimum that your pastor has got to preach this Acts 238 message. Okay, so we got that. Hopefully, when I come back from the song, everybody's still going to be with me because what I'm going to say next is going to be kind of ground-shaking to some of you. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. We're going to play some of Brother Farron's music tonight. He's listening. i 
stuff. Holy, Beauty of Holiness, Bill Farron, great CD, uh, really, really good, good music. It's about a year old now, and um, these are some great people, too. If you're looking for a good evangelist to come and preach a revival, they put a lot into it, and uh, she is a singer and a piano player and an author, and he is a preacher, a prayer, and a singer, of course, also. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show, rode my motorcycle down here to the radio station tonight, and uh, I I really like that. I don't get to ride it a lot, but I try to ride it everywhere I can. I've been riding the, that thing, those things, for about forty, let's see, forty five years, something like that. <laughs> crazy, crazy. They're dangerous. I don't necessarily recommend them in, if you're into safety, but I'm not a biker. I don't look like a biker. I I ride, but I just like riding motorcycles. So I'm riding a uh, Honda, a CB 1100. It's a beautiful red Honda and uh, just a lot of fun to ride. And hopefully it's not raining when I get out of the station tonight. It looks like when I pulled in here, I felt a few drops, so my seat might be wet when I get out. But I've ridden them in the rain before, so it won't be the first time. Pastor Bob is talking about the concept of having a pastor and a local church in our life. I want to say a greeting to Brother Schuler, pastor in our Grafton Church, listening to me. And um, we've got uh, a lot of people texting. You can be part of the program, 701-290-7862. People are texting me scriptures. If you text me a scripture, don't just put the reference, but type out the whole scripture for me, too, because then I'll have it at my fingertips there. This um, we, We just ended the last segment talking about if we have a pastor, as a minimum, he should be preaching that Acts 2.38 message. My question now is, do you have a pastor? Half or a third of Americans, I said to start the program, are depressed, anxious. I'm telling you, the answer is get right with God. Get a pastor in your life and become accountable to a local church. Get right with God, get a pastor in your life, become accountable to a local church. And I believe most of your depression and anxiety will leave. Why is it, do you think, people fight against having a pastor in their life when it is a biblical principle? Now, I'm not talking about some pastor like some radio preacher like I am. I'm talking about a guy that you can look eyeball to eyeball. He knows whether you didn't come to church or not. Like He he looks out in the congregation sees you're not there. He sees if you're falling asleep. <laughs> he... Um, he, he he can he can see how your how you treat your family. 
someone that we can be accountable to. You see, that's why it's important that you sign in, tie in to a local apostolic church with a real pastor. Why is it that people don't have pastors in their life? Well, I'll tell you why. Because in America, we don't want anybody telling us what to do. We want to think that it's our idea. We don't want to listen to anybody. If we didn't invent it, it can't be any good. But remember, the Bible says that our heart is the most deceitful thing that there is. If you listen to your heart, it's going to lead you astray. We need a pastor with real flesh and bones. We need a local church to be tied into. And if you don't, you're not going to live successfully for God. Now, I'm going to say this again. I, If you live in the Stickinson, North Dakota area, I would love to be your pastor. And if you come to our church, I'll try hard to earn your, your respect. Uh, the Bible says there are things expected of pastors. 1 Peter 5 and 2 says that we should feed the flock of God, which is among us. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, we're not like some big bosses up there telling everybody what to do, but willingly, not for money, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And so this concept that I'm talking about tonight, their pastors do need to earn our respect. Of course they do. Just because somebody has the title of a pastor doesn't mean that he'll be your pastor. You know, I, I um, and I want to try hard. I, I don't try to get up and just say stupid stuff. And You know, I, I, I try hard to be uh, respectful. Now, I'll tell you this, you know, we've got a good-sized church, but when we started this church in Dickinson, I also started a business here, and that business turned into a really good thing for me, and I made good money at it, and I still do, and I've never drawn an income as a pastor. Now, there's nothing wrong with drawing an income as a pastor. In fact, it's biblical to draw an income as a pastor. But up to this point in my life, I've never drawn an income as a pastor. So when I hear people say, well, these pastors are doing it for the money, let me just tell you this, I'm not. And most pastors I know, if not all the pastors I know, could have made a lot more money doing something else besides pastoring. Maybe there are pastors that are very wealthy and rich. Maybe some of these televangelists are. But the pastors I know would have made way more money as a carpenter or as an electrician than being a pastor. No... People, it's a lie that people go into this for the money. But there is one, so I'm just saying, uh, let me just say this, that, and I'm going to say, I'm kind of jumping all over right now because I'm kind of leaving my notes here, but for me to be your pastor, that's not my choice. That's your choice. Who your pastor is, is your choice. But I'm telling you, it's New Testament Bible to have one, and you better have one, and you better not just find one that's saying everything you want him to say. 
But I am nobody's pastor that doesn't choose me to be their pastor. And if I'm your pastor, the reason I am your pastor is because you're going to listen to what I say. Like, there are people that are, um, there are people that are, are um, you know, that I know very, very well that do not have a pastor in their life. And because I'm not their pastor, sometimes they, they say nice things to me. But for me to be your pastor, you'd have to listen to what I say. Now, let me ask you this. What kind of pay do you think a pastor really desires? Do you think it's a monetary pay? I don't believe a good pastor wants that kind of pay. No, I'm saying it's scriptural to pay the pastor. The Apostle Paul spent quite a bit of scripture talking about that. It is. You know, there's the man of God. Uh, he, um, If he's a full-time pastor, he certainly deserves a living to be able to take care of himself and his family. Absolutely. But what do you think a good pastor really desires? It's only one thing. You know, the Apostle Paul, I think, was a good pastor everywhere he went. And he you can tell he was burdened for the people that he pastored. And even after he left, even after they appointed elders in those cities, he felt to write letters back to these people just because he was concerned about them. In Acts 20 and verse 33, Paul was getting ready to leave Ephesus. He said, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. That's not what Paul was after. He said, Yea, you yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. So Paul, he wasn't in it for the money. What was Paul in it for? Well, I'll tell you what he was in it for in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. It says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? This is what Paul was saying. Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. What Paul was saying is that the people that I pastor, for them to live for God and to go to heaven is the pay that I want. That's it. And if you live in this area of Dickinson, North Dakota, and that's really who this broadcast is is reaching out to for the last 20 years. This, before we were ever online, we were just doing this AM radio thing. But I don't want anything from you. There's no catch to this. I don't want your money. I don't want your gifts. I don't care if you know when my birthday is or my wife's birthday or my anniversary. I don't care about that. Now, people are very kind to my wife and I. As I said, I don't draw an income from the church, but I know sometimes people buy us presents, and you know they, there's Pastors Appreciation Week in October and or month, and people take us out to eat and to have us over to eat, and I mean we appreciate all that stuff. My wife and I both, you know, very nice, but we don't expect it. See, I don't as a pastor, I don't want anything from you, except one thing: is that I want to help you not only go to heaven, but to successfully live for God here. 
you know, that's, that's, you know, that's all I want. Hebrews 13, 17, I've got people texting me that scripture, and I'm going to read it. It says this, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your soul as they that must give an account. So he's talking about pastors, isn't he? This isn't talking about, um, you know, civil authorities in the scripture. It's talking about pastors. It says they watch for your soul, like your pastor, he's praying for you. He's praying for your children. You know, he's he's watching for your soul. You pastors listening to me out there, you know, I want to just really exhort you right now that that really, no matter how big your church is, you need to get a prayer list going. You need to be, if you're a pastor, you should pray for the people in your church and the children in your church. Maybe you can't remember everybody's name, but you can pray for their families. And so, you know, we watch for the souls of the people. And then it says that they must, they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So what, if you have a pastor, what can you do to help your pastor? Well, what you can do to help your pastor, if he's a man of God and he's preaching the word of God and the truth of the principles of God, do what he says. And you're going to make him happy. That's all he wants. That's the only pay he wants. He doesn't care if you buy him a trip to to uh, the Caribbean. You know, so maybe some pastors do, but I got a feeling most of them don't. Most pastors, all they want is to help people. As a pastor, I'll give you what I've got. That's all I've got. But if you want my help, it's tied into listening. Even this topic tonight. You know, like some people say, oh, I'll call my pastor and get his advice. If you come to our church, I'm giving you my advice every service through the preaching of the Word of God and exhorting and expounding on the principles that are found in the Word of God. And so it's not like you and I have to have one-on-one sessions all the time, although I'm not opposed to that. There are times, there are certainly things that are personal things, that decisions that need to be made that we need to bring a pastor in sometimes. You know, I've got a young man right now that that's... Uh, uh, relocating. He's moving away. And, and I'm going to tell you this, uh, you know, we're going to miss him. But every step of this, he's brought me in and had me involved. And um, he's asked me, Pastor, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I appreciate that. I really do. They're, they're going to be moving away here in about a month and we're, we're going to miss him. And we're, you know, certainly they're moving to a good church and we're believing they're going to do do fine. But he earned my respect because he has a pastor in his life. See, I can't make you listen, or I can't make you hold. I can't hold your hand. And I realize that people are going to do whatever they want to, no matter what I say. But all I want is for people to go to heaven and live a credible life that can be respected by others. That's all I want as a pastor. And there's no fancy, there's no catch, there's no tricks, there's no strings attached. I mean, uh, that's it. That's all there is. And so, as a pastor, I take Bible principles, and, and if you have a pastor, he takes Bible principles, applies them to the local congregation. For instance, maybe he 
talks about personal discipline in our lives. Like, for instance, your pastor, he can visibly see that you're late for church every service because you're undisciplined. Maybe he can see that you don't ever come early for a prayer meeting. You know, like like in our church, we, boy, today there wasn't even any place. We have a bunch of chairs set up where we pray. Those chairs were all full this morning. And people walking around our prayer room made me feel good. Like I say, it made the pastor happy. Why? Well, because it's important that we pray before church. So maybe your pastor says, everybody, I want you to come to church a half an hour early to pray. You say, where's that in the Bible? Well, I just read you the scripture. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Like, your pastor's not telling you to stand on your head or to uh, to drink poison Kool-Aid. He's t- telling you, let's pray. You see, some people have so much trouble with this. They want to do what the Spirit tells them. Well, you know, Pastor, we feel like the Spirit told us to come to church on Tuesday. Well, we're having church on Wednesday. If you come on Tuesday, nobody's there. You know, somebody's going to tell us when <laughs> when the service is going to be and what time it's going to start. Isn't it? Aren't they? You know, uh, your your you know your pastor can tell maybe if you're lazy, and he might preach about that. There's a lot of things in the Bible about it. You just start reading the Book of Proverbs. Your pastor might preach about marriage relationships. I on Wednesday night there was a a couple that walked into our church. I just happened to be walking back towards my office before church started. I think to grab something. And, man, they were all over each other. Man, she was holding on to him, and he was holding on to her, and they were walking in the church. That made their pastor happy. This couple's in love with each other. It makes me happy when people treat each other right, when people respect each other, and honor each other, love each other. You know, quit being so grouchy and critical of each other. You see, I'm telling you, these are the things pastors preach about. Pastors talk about how to be a successful parent. Most kids won't turn out good without good parenting. That's true. They'll grow up like weeds. Undisciplined children are a recipe for disaster in their life. They're never going to go anywhere. Being raised in a, in a home of love and discipline is the greatest blessing that anybody could ever have. And, and your parents have equipped you to succeed in every area of your life if they've given you that. See, pastors preach those things. Pastors preach about financial problems. Pastors preach about Pentecostal distinctives, things found in the Scripture about... about um, the way what the Bible says about men and women's hair. The Bible the Bible says that it's a shame for a man to have long hair. And if I'm your pastor, and you say I'm your pastor, I might tell you to get a haircut based on that Bible principle. And the Bible says that a woman her hair should be grown out. First Corinthians talk about this. The Bible teaches modesty and pastors. Teach and preach that. You know, there are clothing. There's clothing. That's See, God has given pastors to help the church to apply these and understand these biblical principles in our culture. That's the reason for pastors. 
And they're biblical. Do you have one? If you don't, why don't you? Why don't you have a pastor? Some of you have fought against this concept. And it's led to terrible ramifications in your life. I have met people that over the years that have come to our church, uh, people that have had a Christian walk from different maybe backgrounds or denominations, never, ever heard this type of teaching, ever. They came from all kinds of churches, Baptist churches, Methodist churches, uh, you know, Catholic churches, never heard this. And some of these people had a love for God and they wanted to do what's right, but they had no pastor, no, no local church. When they, when they choo- chose somebody to get married, they just married somebody that looked nice. There was no pastor saying, I don't think that's a good choice. I don't think I'd, I don't think, you know, they, they're not walking with God. And many times they've paid terrible prices for not having a pastor. And I could go on and on and on and on. You know, pastors preach about overcoming sin. You know, we 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 give direction. Here, here's what I'm saying, folks. That the greatest thing that happened to me outside of Acts two thirty eight was submitting to my first pastor, Pastor David Walters, who was just such a he was a man that was sincere, he was honest, and he was simple. Uh, he. What I mean by simple, like his the concepts that he preached were not hard to grasp. They weren't hard to understand. He preached on holiness. And, uh, and, and to this day, I can close my eyes if it's a quiet place, and I can hear his voice preaching on holiness. Every Thursday night when he was preaching on holiness, he would say this to start out with. Holiness, conforming to the nature of, and to the will of God. And that has become a part of me. See, I had a pastor. And that took this undisciplined person. Like, I mean, I, I, was, I, I was telling a young man here just recently that when I came to God when I was 20, I, I was an undisciplined person. I didn't know about real life in some ways. I, you know, I just, I really didn't. And I had a good pastor. He taught about making your kids listen and, you know, treating your wife right and paying your bills and going to work. You know, these, this was a blessing to me. You know, as, as a pastor, a pastor, the Bible teaches is a watchman on the wall. He's looking out. Like, for instance, if you come to our church, and you say, Pastor Simons, Pastor Bob, I want you to be my pastor. And you drink a little bit of alcohol, I'm going to say, don't do that. As your pastor, I'm going to ask you not to drink any alcohol. Don't you drink any beer, even one. It's, it's America's drug of choice. Now, let me tell you this. People, this is crazy, but over the years, people have fought with me on that, what I just said. They have fought with me. They do whatever they want. They say, who's he to tell me I can't have a glass of wine? 
You're right. Who am I to tell you that? But if I'm your pastor, I'm asking you, let's stay away from that business. All the lives it's ruined, even if you could handle your drink. What about the example you're setting for others that can't? As a pastor, I try to give guidelines about entertainment. You know, that's why most of the people that attend our church don't even own a television. And most of the people that attend our church don't watch Hollywood movies. You say, are you you bragging about that, Pastor Bob? No, I'm just telling you. Because, you know, those things influence us. They take our attention away from God. You know, that as, as a pastor, to get up there and say that, it isn't always popular. Do you know that when I get up there and start talking about television and Hollywood movies and talking about the Internet and say, listen, if you're not going to own a television or watch a Hollywood movie, why would you watch it on the Internet? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. These people say, well, Pastor Bob, the Internet has changed everything. Now people are all confused. I'm not confused. I don't think the people in our church are confused, just the ones that want to be confused, maybe. Before there was an internet, there was, there was, there was televisions and motel rooms. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I figured this out a long time ago. I'm not going to own a television. I'm not going to watch Hollywood movies. And nowadays, I'm not going to do it on my phone or my computer. Or It's the same deal. But... This, when I preach those things, sometimes there are people, maybe somebody listening to me right now, that roll their eyes like, there he goes again. But you know, all the pay, I don't want your money. Like, I don't, when I preach about television or uh, the filth in Hollywood, I'm not doing this to get a dollar from you. All I want, and all these good pastors across this country want, are for you to go to heaven, to make heaven our home. That's it. Well, I'm going to gather my thoughts here. And uh, hmm, let's see, what song should I play by Brother Farron? Uh, I'll play part of a song. The uh, yeah, Let's try this one. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show, text me 701-290-7862. I'll come back and wrap this up in just a minute. Oh, no. 
that song out just kind of close this program up today pastor bob the tell it like it is radio show uh want to just throw out some information how you can get a hold of a if you live in this area a church where we would love to be your pastor in dickinson 501 elks drive our next service is wednesday night at seven thirty. it's a regular church service sometimes i do some teaching uh, sometimes we do some preaching Sometimes it's a mixture of both. We have a good worship service Wednesday night, seven thirty prayer at seven. Sunday morning, Friday mornings, we have a men's Bible study at the church at six six a.m. That's for, anybody can come to that six a.m. There's a men's Bible study Friday morning. We have on Sunday mornings at ten o'clock. We have uh, Sunday school classes for the children and also. Adult Bible classes for the adults, we break them into smaller groups so we can have more of a discussion. And I teach one of those classes, and it's a discipleship class or a basic Bible class right at 10 a.m. to 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning. It's right at the very entrance to our church. Um, If you don't believe in church, you don't like going to church, you don't want to go to church, come from 10 a.m. to 10.50 to this basic Bible class, and you—you you don't. I, I'm telling you, you don't have to stay for our service at 11 if you don't want to. But I'd love to have you come. That's a class for questions. It's a class if you've got questions about the Bible. And so that's Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock. Our worship service Sunday mornings at 11. If you live in the Bowman area, the Cornerstone Apostolic Church, they have uh, Thursday night services, 7:30, and Sunday morning services, 10:30, 18 North Main. The, the Jesus Church is affiliated with us The out in Beach, North Dakota, 60 miles to our west. They, um, they meet at the Beach Community Center, and that is back open now again. Uh, that was closed to us because of the virus scare, but now it is open to us again, so we're meeting there Tuesday nights at 7.30. Also, there's a church called the Truth Community Church in Beulah that's affiliated with us also. So those are some ways that you can get a hold of us. Um. Just appreciate you listening, and here again, I I'm I'm just telling you, I'm not telling you that I'm the greatest pastor in the world. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But if you live in this area, I would love to be your pastor. I really would. Um, you know, we we are a a Bible believing, Bible obeying church. We believe in the supreme authority of the New Testament. We believe that that God. Um, that the message, the truth that he gave to the apostles is still the truth today. It's never changed. It's never evolved. It's never uh, morphed into something else. And we want you to be part 
of our church. Well, I, I think I've covered this topic as well as I can in this kind of setting. I appreciate all of you listening tonight. I'm going to pray for you, and let's pray. If you're if you're with me tonight listening, let's pray together for this violence that's going across some of our big cities. Lord Jesus, as we close this broadcast tonight, I pray, God, that you would just touch some of the people, some of the disturbed people that are causing this vandalism and violence in some of our big cities. God, we ask you to protect our law enforcement, Lord, God, that are just trying to trying to bring some civility to some of these areas. Give them wisdom and the steps that they take. God, we just pray that you'll just touch those in this area here that are, we're ministering to, that we can make a connection with them, that they'll surrender their lives to you and and uh, become part of this local church here in Dickinson or wherever they live. We just pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. I'm going to finish this with a, one of my favorite Bill Farron songs. It's called Selah. God bless. Tune in next Sunday night at 7.30. We've got a special guest. It's going to be really good. Of all ages standing by Waiting for that trumpet in the sky Then the archangel will blow it loud And we'll all meet together in the clouds Even so come Lord Jesus Is what we ought to pray He might just come today We're patiently awaiting His return Through pain and tests and trials for us to learn To cultivate a Christ-like attitude Be holy unto Jesus, the bread of life our food Your rest will now begin. You better think about it before it gets too late. You better say lock, cause when he comes back, he won't wait. You better count the cost, there's one thing you can't buy. Tickets sold on eBay when we fly. Jesus is coming back, he's coming back real soon. Don't know just when it could be morning, night, or noon. Jesus is coming back as a thief in the night. Before he does, my friend, you better make things right. Above the clouds. On high, no more sickness, no more tears, we'll never have to die. The mystery of godliness is shown. The glory of the Father to us, He's been made known. Forever we will praise Jesus throughout eternity. Selah, well, that's what it means to That's what it means to me That's what it means to me That's what it means to me
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.